How many are glad you're saved? Seven of y'all are glad. We're going to have an altar service in a minute. So good to see everyone. Wow, this is a great crowd on Wednesday night. Amen? Come on, tell your neighbor good things are happening on Wednesday night. It is so good. Help me welcome Athens. Come on, tell our Athens family good evening. We love Athens. We love you, Pastor Chris and Amy, Pastor Devin and Ingrid, and the whole team there. Love all of you, and thank God for what he's doing there in Athens. And, uh, and we're continuing to contend and pray and believe that God is going to give us a bigger space in Athens. If you've never been to the Athens campus, it's a beautiful campus, but it's very quaint and small and family thing. They pack it out every Sunday, and we're believing God for a bigger place. Somebody say amen. So we're believing God for that. We love all of you. Devin and I are excited to be teaching tonight. We'll read scripture in a moment. Dev's got a very important announcement before we jump into teaching tonight. Awesome. This weekend is a very special weekend um, in our city and in our nation. It's actually the weekend that we celebrate the sanctity of life. So there'll be a March for Life in Washington, but actually in our city, in Chattanooga, they will be having a March for Life on Saturday. It is led by an organization here in our community. You can look that up yourself, but if you want to march for life on Saturday, they'll be meeting um, downtown. Crystal, what was the name of the place? The Walker Pavilion at 10.30 a.m. this Saturday. And then also our RSM students. So we're going to march and we're going to pray. We're going to do two things. Our RSM students have organized an incredible event God put on their heart at the National Memorial for the Unborn, which is located here in our city. Um, at 10 a.m., they'll be meeting on Saturday for a prayer service, prayer, declaration, worship, just to pray for life in our nation and in our city. And if you've never visited the memorial uh, to the unborn, Saturday's a great day to go because we'll have so many uh, people from our church there. So you can meet for prayer or you can meet to march. But we just want to make a statement about life on Saturday. And then Sunday is um, all over our nation. It's known as Sanctity of Life Sunday. So we'll be having a normal service, but Kevin and I will be doing something special um, on Sunday for that. So let's just agree together this weekend and pray uh, for all um, who embrace life and pray for the unborn. Pray for moms all over this nation that are stuck in a turmoil of deciding. And let's just pray that the nation embraces the sanctity of life. Amen. Somebody say amen. Right, can we stand? I know that uh, you've already sat down. You got comfortable, started getting snuggled in there, and build a fire. and uh, But the word deserves our honor. Can you say amen? I'm going to jump off tonight where Devin sort of started last week, and we're going to recap, and uh, we'll see where we get to tonight. How many are being blessed and, and, and strengthened through this teaching? And uh, we're just thankful to God that he put it on our heart, and he's giving us the ability to say this, and I think it, it did this the last time, and I believe it will do it, and it is doing it again this time. This, this revelation and teaching took our church to another level, from glory to glory. And how many know God wants us to continue to experience the depth of his love for our church, for each other? So that's why we teach this. We're teaching tonight on building a prophetic house. Everybody say that with me, building a prophetic house. And we're teaching that because if you don't teach that and train that, you won't ever have that. It doesn't happen normally. And I want to say this before I get started tonight. I was raised, anybody like me was raised in a Pentecostal church? Lift your hand if you were raised in a Pentecostal church. Okay, great. How many were not raised in a Pentecostal church? 
This is, this is powerful. And this is what God is doing in this church. And, and, and he's bringing people from all streams. It's the word of the Lord over this house. Streams are coming together. Because there is a river whose streams whereof may glad the city of our God. And so we're thankful for everybody, no matter where you were raised and what you were raised uh, in terms of your uh, religious denominational flavor. We're all part of the family, amen. But I was raised in a Pentecostal church. And for Pentecostals, by and large, we had an experience and an expression of Pentecost that limited the operation of the Holy Ghost to two primary gifts, tongues and interpretation. Now, you don't have to agree with that, but I'm talking about where I was raised and what I was primarily exposed to as a child. We knew the Holy Ghost was moving when somebody stood up and gave a tongue and somebody stood up and interpreted. How many want that to continue to happen in our midst? Amen. But I want to tell you something. That's only two of the gifts mentioned in the Bible. There are more for a charismatic Pentecostal community to experience. I hope you understand that. And... And if we don't teach, train, and lead into those streams, I think the Spirit of God, it's not that he's not wanting to break in on it, but we can't operate in something we don't have faith for. Because we operate in the gifts according to faith, and we operate in, in love, and you can't have manifestations of the gifts without believing they're happening and without loving God and loving people. So we're going to teach and train this. I recognize this is reinforcement for many of you. You've already heard this. But for some of us, you've never heard this teaching about a prophetic church. So that's why we're trying to introduce this. And so Devin and I are just going to read this scripture. We're going to jump off where we, uh, the platform she built last week and see what the Lord would say. So John 10, 27, verse 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep, Jesus is talking here, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Father, I pray tonight that you will let us know how to hear your voice. I pray we would be more sensitized to what you're saying and what you're speaking to our spirits. I pray for an increased sensitivity to the things of God in our heart. Lord, this world desensitizes us sometimes. We get cold, and if we're not careful, we can get calloused. We get indifferent, and we get apathetic. And I'm grateful for your grace that comes along in our lives, God, and shakes us out of our slumber and positions us to move into things, oh God, that eye has not seen, natural ear has not heard. It's not even entered into our heart, but we know that these things are revealed by your Spirit. So tonight, reveal these things to us by your Spirit and help this house be a Bible, Spirit-empowered, prophetic house that has strong people, strong families, and see a transformed city as a result of it. If you receive that, in Jesus' name, say amen. God bless you as you're seated. All right. We'll just jump off by reviewing just a little bit that we are building a prophetic house. 
and that in this house we believe it is God's will for all of his children to operate in the gift of prophecy. We're not all prophets, but we can all operate in the gift of prophecy. Um, And we talked last week about being more aware of the spirit realm and learning to hear God's voice. Um, There is no greater joy than hearing the voice of your creator, just knowing his voice. And um, as a leader, you know, leading a school, leading a family, if you're a parent, you know, there's a season um, where you are the voice of God to people. When they're learning to grow, they come to you. What would God say? What would God have me do? And there's no greater joy than when you don't have to be that because your children learn to hear him themselves or your students or whoever you're leading. Um, And I think we spoke last week about how the goal of the prophetic should be to confirm what God is already saying to you, not to be new news. And it's not that it won't always be. Uh, Sometimes God will have to use someone else to get our attention, but the goal is that you can hear him first and then someone else can come along and confirm what you've already heard. Um, And we laid a foundation last week. We kind of got deep, but it wasn't too complicated that God operates in the spirit realm and then we live in a natural realm. But when he created us as mankind, He put his spirit in a natural being, which means you have access to both realms. It's pretty cool. God put his spirit in you, but gave you dominion in a natural realm. And so you're like a spirit natural being. And it's very easy for us to be comfortable in the natural realm because it agrees with our senses, the five senses, things that we can see and hear and touch. But because of sin, the spirit man in us died. And when you got saved, that's actually what came back to life. When you got saved, when you got transformed by the blood of Jesus, your spirit man woke up. And all of a sudden, now you have access to both dimensions again, which means you can walk and talk with God. Your feet can stay on planet Earth, but you can still commune with the spirit world. And God wants to talk to you every day. This is the principle he set forth in the garden. This is the principle Jesus operated by. He would steal away from his disciples and go pray and talk to his father. And that should be our goal. It may not always happen, but our goal should be to walk and talk with God every day of our life. And that's what we want to see happen at this church. Not just the pastor here from God or the Sunday school teacher, but every person, oldest to youngest, learning to hear the voice of God. And so that's what we want to spend time laying a foundation for. Tonight's theme is tapping into that. How can I hear the voice of God? How does he speak to me? How do I know it's him? How can I confirm it? And so we're just going to kind of jump in together. And um, I'll start by laying a foundation. Before we get into how God speaks, I think it's important to know that everything you hear is not from God. That's probably the first thing we need to learn, and that doesn't make you evil. (laughs) There's a lot of traffic that goes on between our ears. Can anybody testify to that before I feel crazy up here? There's a lot of traffic. And we who can multitask, the moms in the room, we can be having a conversation, answering the phone, cooking at the same time, and our brain is actually focusing on all of that. And even the spirit realm can be very busy, very trafficy. And so there's a lot going on in between those ears, and you have to recognize that there's a lot in play and that everything that comes to your mind is not always God. 
And so I want to just spend a few minutes um, with Kevin developing kind of a filter that when you're learning to hear the voice of God, and even if you've heard him for 25 years, you should still use a filter. I don't care how many years you've heard the Lord, you can still miss it. It can still be your own thoughts. It can still be what grandma planted in your head. It could be a movie you watched last night, and it could quite possibly be God. Um, But our our curriculum kind of lays out four um, major filters that you can use when you get a thought or an impression or you think you've heard God, what it could be that's speaking to you. And so we're going to kind of jump in those right now. Kev, just jump in any time. You go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Number one, you can hear from your own spirit, your own desires, that unique individual God created you to be. We are all created uniquely. We have different personalities. We have different callings, different passions. And your own passions can speak to you. Your own desires can speak to you. Your own spirit can speak to you. And it doesn't mean it's necessarily divine instruction from God. It can just be a a good inspired idea. Or it could be a goal you have in life. But a lot of times... We think everything we talk to ourselves about has to be God, but it's not always God. And if you've walked with God any length of time, I can testify there have been things that have jumped in my spirit I've wanted to do, wanted to say, goals I've wanted to achieve that only later I find out that was Devin. It wasn't a bad thing, but that was Devin. That was not the Holy Spirit. It was out of the timing of the Holy Spirit, or it was in a way or an idea that wasn't necessarily divinely inspired. It was just Devin having a really good idea. And you can actually talk to yourself and it not be God. So it can be the whole, our spirit. Can yeah, I think keep that? going. I'm then there's the Holy Spirit. And that's when the Lord speaks to us. It, it comes from heaven. And The best way I know to to help us interact with differentiating between us and the Holy Spirit is, first of all, the Word will separate soul from spirit. All the time, the Word will divide. But most of the time when the Lord speaks to you, it will almost be like a foreign thought coming to your mind or your heart. And we're going to talk about how He speaks to you. But it's not going to be an idea you've had for two weeks. It will be that moment you're driving in your car or you're in prayer, you're doing laundry, and the voice of the Lord will come to you in the, in the many languages we'll talk about. And it will be something that your mind could have never thought of by yourself. It would be a way you would have never imagined. And most of the time, God's voice will always challenge our natural thinking. Like, ooh, that way, God? Say that to that person? A lot of times, it will collide with your own thinking. It will also wake up faith. When the Spirit of God speaks to you, you start, you're like, oh, I can, that's mine. That promise God just quickened to me. You have a faith for it because faith comes by Hearing and hearing the word of the Lord and the word word there in the Greek is rhema. So I think too, and absolutely what you're saying, babe, when the spirit of God speaks, I don't even, I don't even find myself working to believe that when God speaks, I just begin to believe it because his faith produce, his word produces faith in me to believe what he just told me. Mary said, be it unto me according to what you just said. And so she believed because God spoke it. And so one of the things that often accompanies the spirit of God speaking that does not accompany my spirit speaking is an increase and a quickening of faith. I know this is mine. I know that came from the Lord because I find myself believing. 
I find God unpacking something. And so, yes, I have a conversation with myself every day. I know that sounds crazy. Some of y'all think I'm crazy. But we all talk to ourselves every day. Having a filter to say, was that a God thought or a Kevin thought? And if you don't have that kind of humility, you're not qualified to prophesy. Anybody who is not humble enough to say, I need to, I need to process that. Was that a Kevin thought or a God thought? And let God reveal that to you. And so when I get a word from the Lord, um, like this past Sunday, I'll just give you a, a, a clue. I was preaching something totally different this past Sunday. And Chad will tell you this. At the last minute, I said, we have a change in direction. I'm going to preach on breaking cycles. And he's like, whoa, what? And he did an amazing job. You would have never known it, but Chad at the last minute scrambled to produce that. Why did I preach on breaking cycles instead of the other message I've been working on for several weeks? Because God spoke something to me in a split second, and my faith shot up, and I couldn't write fast enough what God was saying. You understand what I'm saying? So you have to be aware that sometimes you're just having a good, natural, wholesome thought that is not God. But sometimes the Spirit of God will speak to that same Spirit. And here's the crazy thing. The place your spirit man talks is the same place the Holy Ghost talks. Because it's your spirit that God communicates to. I hope I didn't just freak you out. But the same place you talk and, and your spirit is talking is the same place God is talking. Which is why it is so important to take that instrument of the Spirit that God gave all of us and keep it tuned in to the frequency of God. So that instead of you and I being fed natural spiritual thoughts all day long, we're actually receiving spiritual, heavenly, divine, Holy Ghost thoughts all day long. Everybody with me? Okay. Good. Sorry. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it is usually like a light bulb going off. Kevin said something very important. It's like a download. It'll come faster than you can write because it moves faster than your own processing. It moves faster than your own thinking. Mm. It's beyond that. And sometimes it will collide with what your own spirit would say. I, as a mother, I had an experience a couple weeks ago. I was praying um, for one of my children, and I was praying for a, a, some cycle to be broken. And I was just going after deliverance. Lord, break it. Lord, break it. And the Holy Spirit just so sweetly whispered to me. What I was doing was good. It was Devin's good idea. And he whispered and he said, stop praying for deliverance. You need to pray for healing. And it was not something that needed broken. It was needed something that needed healed. And that wow. was the voice of the Lord coming to me and, and really correcting what my own spirit did. My own reaction was bind it, break it, cast it out. And God was saying, no, I'm telling you, release healing. And so you'll know when you hear his voice, you just know. It's like riding a bike, and, and we're going to learn how to tap into it. Number three, this might make us a little uncomfortable, but in that same spirit place within us, evil spirits can speak to us. Really, Pastor Devin? Yes, they spoke to Jesus. Satan himself spoke to Jesus, the very son of God. So it doesn't mean you have to have sin in your life for an evil spirit to try to invade your thinking, but they will. Can I give some Bible on that? Matthew 16. This is a place where all of this that you're teaching, babe, unfolds in a beautiful way. Jesus is standing at Caesarea Philippi, and he said, who do men say that I am? Now, he didn't ask this because he's on an ego trip. He's trying to get the disciples to reveal where they believe he, who they believe he is. And he's trying to see what spirit are y'all listening to? So he looks at Peter and says, and Peter says, they say, some say they are John the Baptist, some say they are Elijah, some say they are a prophet. And he looks at Peter and says, who do you say that I am? And Jesus said, or Peter says, 
Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, watch, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my father, which I don't have time to teach that. It wasn't the spirit at that point. It was the father. Why? Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So at that point, the father is speaking to Peter, communicating with Peter, telling Peter that this is my son, right? Now they keep walking along and then Jesus starts talking about dying, getting on the cross and dying. And the same Peter, the same apostle Peter who was given the revelation from God that this is my beloved son, the same apostle looks at Jesus and says, you're not going to die. Far be that from you. And Jesus looks at the, the man who received Holy Ghost revelation from the Father and says, get behind me, Satan. How can you on one hand be getting a divine download and on the other hand be getting a demonic download? I'll tell you how. It's spiritual immaturity. Spiritually immature people get to hear God. The problem is they don't know when the devil's talking sometimes. And you got to be mature, not just because you want to catch what God is saying. You got to be mature in the word so that you know when the devil is talking. And, 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 and I've always taught you this. If you know the word, then you don't have to worry about believing a lie because the truth is its own defense against deception. Talk to me, somebody. So if you want to make sure you're not listening to the devil, find out what God said. And if you know what God said, when the devil starts talking, you don't do what Eve did. Eve let the snake talk. But if you know the truth, you tell the snake to shut up because you are not saying what God has already said. It's so good and it's so important to note in what Kevin pointed out and even what Jesus dealt with in the temptation in the wilderness that the enemy, when evil spirits do speak to us, they are very deceptive in the way they twist truth. Um, and you would not be deceived if it was obvious. Mm. So an evil spirit speaking well. to you is not going to reveal itself as an evil spirit, but in twisting of the truth. And it's very important that we know the word of God and we know the heart of God. Um, so that we understand his voice, his sheep know his voice. And I have seen many uh, good, well-meaning Christians make very difficult decisions because they were led by an evil spirit that twisted an instruction, twisted a truth that they really thought was the voice of God. Religious spirits do this more than anything else Yes, Lord that God. really twist the voice of God, but it goes against the heart and the nature of God, a loving father. Um, and they will listen to those voices of shame and condemnation or participate in acts of self-punishment or whatever it is. And they actually think it's the Holy Spirit leading them when it's an evil spirit. So don't think just because it's an evil spirit, you're going to get goosebumps and it's going to tell you to worship Satan. Most of the time, an evil spirit will grab hold of something God has told you and do just like it did to Eve. Did God really say that? Right. Do you think God really meant this and will just twist the character and nature of God? So we have to be students of the word and students of prayer so that we can identify when God's heart is being twisted with whatever voice we're hearing. So 
so good. And the last one, baby. Last one is angels, obvious. Now, I don't know how many of us have ever had a visitation by an angel, but their name alone means messengers. And angels will bring messages from God, whether you have a visitation from an angel or you entertain an angel unaware, what the scripture says, or whether you have a dream like Joseph and an angel visits you, you can hear. So let me go over those four, because I know we talked a lot. You can hear from your spirit. You can hear from the Holy Spirit. You can hear from an evil spirit. And you can hear from an angel. And so anytime you've heard, you feel like, okay, I think I have heard something. I think I have received instruction. It's important, like Kevin said, to stop in humility, run through those four filters, and make sure what you're hearing has come from God. I, I'm going to give you a little thing. We can prepare to go to the next part here, babe. When I, when I pick up on something I feel like God is saying to me, the first thing I do is, me personally, the first thing I do is balance it and square it with the Word of God. You understand? And why would I do that? Because God is not a schizophrenic Elohim. He didn't say something and record something and then change his mind about what he said. And there are things that God says to us that are not necessarily verbatim in the Bible, but they are scriptural. And I've said that sometimes, and people say, what do you mean by that? Well, for instance, um, when God says something to me that is not a scripture but is scriptural, it's like when God told me to marry Devin. That's not in the Bible. God, Kevin married Devin is not Matthew 18, verse 12. But when he spoke that to me, it lined up with scriptural principles of companionship and marriage. You follow what I'm saying? It was scriptural. Um, whenever we, whenever we tell someone, let's wave, let's wait like this past Tuesday, the power of God just broke out in Tuesday prayer, which if you ever get a Tuesday lunch and you want to come pray with us, it's absolutely bananas on Tuesday. Prayer on Tuesday is one of the best times of the week for me. I just absolutely love it. Amen. If you ever get to come and believe that, say noon prayer, noon prayer on Tuesday. You can tune in live stream or come to the sanctuary. It's incredible. But we started waving stuff all over the place. Why would we do that? Because the Bible talks about giving God wave offering. Right? It's scriptural. Did the Bible say wave that banner that kid was waving? No, but the kid just waved because sometimes God quickens us to do things that are scriptural, but not, not necessarily in the Bible. You got to have a filter of truth so that when God quickens something to you, the, 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 the place you start is not, in my opinion, this is just how I operate, the place in, it, where I start is not Am I bulletproof in my ability to discern whether that was me or God talking? The place I start is, is that scriptural? Because yeah. if you're hearing a voice that tells you, I dealt with this two weeks ago. A person said, God told me to kill somebody. The Holy Ghost ain't going to tell you to kill nobody. Some of y'all acting like you don't know. Maybe he would. No, he don't. That is not God. Put that thing under your feet. Because if you're confused about that, I mean, we need to have an altar call tonight. God told me to divorce my wife. No, he did not. He told you and your wife to reconcile. See, I'm going to lose people right here. So, so, well, you know, you don't know what I've been through. I don't, but I know what Malachi said. Malachi said, stay with a wife of your youth. I'm not telling you that there aren't reasons you can get a divorce. I'm telling you, make sure you explore all of the reconciliation that God offers before you decide to follow that voice. Some great terms for what Kevin is saying. This is how we say it in class. There is, there are anti-biblical things and there are extra 
biblical things. That's you can good. write down those That's two really terms. Anti-biblical, extra-biblical. So anti-biblical would mean it is against the word of God, and God will never speak something that is against his word. He is his word. Yeah. But God will speak things that are extra-biblical, meaning they are outside of Scripture but supported by Scripture. And Kevin just gave That's plenty beautiful. of examples. This word is not meant to be a box you put God in. It's meant to be an introduction to who he is and his nature. But there are still things of God we have not seen. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. So don't get religious on me and shake the Bible and say, if it's not a scripture, God can't do it. Oh, yes, he can, and as I'm long as give, it lines up. I'm going to give you Bible for that. John said all of the things he did, if they were written down, the world could not contain the volumes of all that he did. So don't tell me, I'm thankful for what he told me he did, but I'm telling you, there's more than what we read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that Jesus is still doing. Who in this room can testify that I'm telling the truth right now? Acts 28 is the end of the story, but it's not the end of the work of, of what he's doing in our generation. Somebody say amen. amen. Jesus, keep going, baby. We just need to take that in for a moment. Yeah. So. We stay away from what is anti-biblical. A hundred miles but away. But do not be afraid from what is extra-biblical. Make sure it is supported by the heart and nature of God as expressed by his word. So we're going to kind of get into hearing God. And I'm going to try to come from the curriculum, but Kevin and I are going to also talk personally because, like I said, hearing the voice of God is the struggle of a lot of Christians today. You may be sitting there saying, I struggle with that. I want to tell you, as long as I've been saved, I still have to, to use filters. I still have to say, Father, is that you? I still ask for confirmations. I still fleece the Lord sometimes. So there's no expert on hearing the voice of the Lord. And once you make yourself an expert, I do think you set yourself up to be deceived at times. We have to remain humble, and we have to remain on our knees, but you should have confidence. I don't say that to shake your confidence. Right. You should have confidence that you can hear God, and I want to tell you it's not as hard as you think. It is not as stressful as you think. Children can hear the Lord, and they usually do a lot easier than we do. And so I think we start in life as a kid, and, and faith is easy, and spirit realm is easy, and hearing God is easy. And the older we get, and the more churched we get, and the more religious we get, we talk ourselves out of our confidence of walking with God and hearing so Him. Good. And so tonight, we want to kind of identify ways God speaks, and then share personally some stories hoping to tune you into what is already accessible to you. Yeah. The voice of God is, if you are saved in this room, the voice of God is already accessible to you. It's just tuning in. So have confidence. Say it right now. Say, I am his sheep. I am his I sheep. I hear his voice. I hear his voice. And you can hear his voice. So we sometimes want God to speak according to the natural realm. We want him to speak to our five natural senses. And God can do whatever he wants to do. Mm -hmm. But I want to go back to our teaching last week. He is spirit. Even those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He's going to call you to his realm more than he's going to come down to your realm, although he will. And 
And so we've got to learn his spirit languages. Uh, my daughter asked me a couple weeks ago, she said, Mom, I just have this question, you know, why do, do we not all hear the audible voice of God? And some do. Kevin has heard the audible voice of God. Anybody ever heard the audible voice of God like I'm talking, okay? How many have never heard the audible voice of God? So, you know, maybe 50-50 in the room. And what I explained to Judah is that is God breaking into our natural senses and our natural realm to speak, which he can. And in the Old Testament, it was necessary Absolutely. because the Spirit of the Lord did not dwell in anyone. The Spirit of the Lord came upon people. But once the day of Pentecost happened and the Spirit of the Lord was allowed to dwell within us, you're going to find that more often than not, the Spirit of the Lord speaks from within. Do you understand the difference? It does not mean you won't have that experience, but I would say most of you who have heard the audible voice of God, it probably happened a couple times in your whole life, once, twice, five times. Maybe you hear him every day, but most of us are going to find the voice of the Lord comes from our spirit within, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and that's what shakes our confidence. It'd be easy if it was an audible voice we hear with our physical ear, but you're going to hear God through his spirit languages. And that's what we're going to kind of break down now. So if you can imagine those four things we just said, our spirit, Holy Spirit, evil spirit, angels, under Holy Spirit, and down from angels come these modes of communication from God to us. We call them spirit languages. Everybody say spirit languages. Now, why would we say that? It sounds hokey, Pastor. It's just languages that heaven can communicate with earth. If that sounds weird to you, go read the nativity story. We wouldn't have a birth of Jesus had angels not showed up and the Holy Spirit not overshadowed Mary and people, and people having dreams. We, we so sanitize, religiously sanitize our experience sometimes that if it is not just so five senses oriented, we write as off as it can't be from God. We are not merely human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spirit beings having a human experience. I said what I meant to say. We are not human beings trying to have a spirit experience. Everybody say this with me. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. The body you have is not your eternal vehicle. You understand that? Your body as it is right now is corruptible and it is mortal. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, corruption must put on incorruption and mortal must put on mortality. Because this vehicle you have right now, it's how we relate to each other, how we connect with each other, how we communicate with each other. But it is not how you connect and communicate with God. I could go on, but I'm not going to. You, have, you are a spirit. So what you and I have to figure out how to do is live more by the spirit than we do the flesh. Am I making sense? So when we say, does that make sense? And someone will tell you, God doesn't always make sense. I want you to think of that phrase. It is referring to your natural senses. 
Does it make sense? Does that sense? make sense? That means that it register with your... Natural realm. Right. But we are talking about a supernatural God, and super is above natural. So these things can collide with your natural world, but they take place in a supernatural realm. Okay? Are we good? So let's start. So the first one would be visions and dreams. This is going to be so fun. Visions and dreams. God doesn't always speak with words. Sometimes God speaks with pictures. Sometimes God speaks with images. It is all throughout your Bible. We could take an entire Wednesday night to throw up scriptures about visions and dreams that were full of symbols and imagery, but not interpreted by words when they were given. They had to be interpreted later. God is awesome. His ways are incredible. He is the ultimate uh, riddler. He is the ultimate puzzle maker. He is the ultimate mystery creator. And God will speak in ways that our natural mind cannot wrap around. And without divine revelation, we won't get it. And when that revelation light bulb comes off, that dream will sound so crazy until the Holy Spirit interprets it. And then you're like, holy cow, God is awesome. He is awesome. Or, you know, prophetic art over here. Why do we do prophetic art? We've, we've had so many times a picture over there will confirm the sermon or a word that's given because God will sometimes not use words. He will use pictures and images. And so these are visions and dreams. So I'm going to lay a little foundation, and I, I want Kevin to jump in with some personal stories. Um, but there are two types of visions. This is just good teaching, closed visions, and open visions, okay? And there's, these are both seen in scripture, and we're gonna give some examples, but a closed vision or a vision of the mind is something that is seen. The only way I know how to describe it in the, not, the natural realm is, have you ever heard somebody say in my mind's eye? Uh, and I'm gonna give you an example that um, Chris Vallotton does this in his curriculum. This is not the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Don't even confuse it, but let's just play a little game. This is the game he plays. If I was to ask you if you had ever seen, actually, let me just make something up, an elephant that is blue wearing a tutu. Probably never have you seen that in the natural, but every one of you can see that right now in your mind. You've, you did that when you were a kid. You just forgot what it was like, right? Get a cardboard box and it becomes a castle because your mind is not limited by the natural realm. Your mind can see things that don't even really exist. There's no such thing as a purple elephant with a tutu, but your mind can see it. So I'm helping you tap into a realm that is not limited by senses. Now, that's imagination, and I'm not talking about imagining the voice of God. Just like Kevin said, in the spirit realm, evil spirits can speak to you. We can imagine a lot of things. It's part of how God made us. God is the ultimate creator. Everything in Genesis, he thought in his mind, and then he created it. You want to talk about imagination. God thought it and birthed it. You have this gift called imagination that you can use any way you want, and that's not necessarily the voice of God. 
Right. You can imagine a word for someone, and that doesn't make it the voice of God. Right. But it's in that same place. I'm trying to help you tap into a place that God can use to speak to you. A sanctified imagination. On that same screen of your mind that you just saw a purple elephant, you can be in prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost, and the Lord can let a vision pray across the screen of your mind. Or you can be praying or reading your word, and a person, I have been in prayer, and a person's face will come right across my mind and God will say pray for them I didn't imagine that I didn't plant that thought the Holy Spirit came into that place and planted a picture that was an instruction for me I'll see a symbol I'll be in prayer and and the Lord will give me an answer through an image has anyone ever had this happen it's so difficult to explain but it's really not so you in prayer imagining a purple elephant with a tutu is not the voice of God that's yourself speaking to you so don't get in the altars, lay your hands on somebody, and imagine something really good you can tell them. But when you're in prayer, be sensitive to the fact that the Lord may not put a screen in the natural realm in front of you in the bedroom, which is an open vision. And that can happen. There have been people sitting in a sanctuary, sitting in their bedroom, and they'll say it's like a movie coming into the room. They will see a vision with their physical eyes right there in front of them. That's an open vision. But God can also speak in the mind, of the eye of your mind internally with an image or a picture that he puts there, not your imagination. Are you following me? So a closed vision is an, a vision in the mind. An open vision is one that you actually can see with your eyes in front of you, wherever you are. Nobody else sees it, but God opens your vision to see it. Oh, that's good. There's nothing to add to that. That's good. So some examples of that would be like, um, and this kind of gets into a, a trance, which we won't talk about tonight. There's so much cultic things associated with that. But Peter actually went into a trance when the sheet came down from heaven that was full of unclean animals. And he is actually watching this happen. He's in a room. Nobody else sees it. Peter didn't leave the, the room. The he roof. was on the roof of a house. But he watched this in the natural happen. A sheet came down and opened up. All these unclean animals were there. God said, kill and eat. And he argues with what he's seeing. Lord, I can't do that. I've never ate anything unclean. And God begins to give him the burden to go to the Gentiles. And it was a few moments later, there's a knock at his door with an opportunity to go preach. That would be an open vision. He actually entered into a, a live movie from God right there. Um, and, and he followed those instructions. So this is God speaking on a supernatural level. Peter didn't imagine it. He didn't even want to see it. He didn't even like what he saw. But God showed it to him because he was speaking to him first in images, and then he followed up with words. I cannot help but say this. When you say, when you say he was caught up in a trance, I feel Heine's tightened up. That's what your word says. But let me say this to everybody. Shall we read Let it? me say this to everybody. It's in the Bible. See, and I say this because religion has removed us from the supernatural intervention of God in our lives sometimes. And we don't even know scriptural terms, and so we think somebody says the Spirit of the Lord called him up in a trance. We think that person's hung up in the occult, and I think the occult understood the power of the real thing, and the devil tried to replicate the real thing with the... And I just don't want to ever throw out the real thing because somebody got caught up with the fake thing. 
if the fake thing bothers you, you ought to chase the real thing because it'll transform you and everybody connected to you. So when we hear this stuff, everybody's like, oh, that's weird. That's not weird. That's book of Acts. You under, do we understand that? Do we, do we understand that God picked up an evangelist out of a place and translated him to another place? And we're like, you know, I don't know if that's in the Bible. You ain't read the Bible. It's in the Bible. So we need to see that this God that we serve, this, oh, thank you, Father. This is my prayer and my whole assignment in teaching this is that faith opens up to, to more of the activity of God in our life. When God manifests in that way, everybody's better because of it. Sorry. I shouldn't have said Heine's Titan. I felt y'all get squeamish with that, I, but that's what it was. It's what it is. <laughs> I felt it too. Acts 10, verses 9 through 11. You can go ahead and read that scriptural reference there. Acts 10, verses 9 through 11. It says that Peter fell into a trance. And he saw the sky opened up and an object like a great sheet coming down. So it, it literally uses the phrase, he fell into a trance. And like Kevin said, we see that from a cultic realm. Please divorce your mind from the counterfeit and know that all that means is his own experience in his mind took him from the place he was Holy at into a spirit realm. I really believe that's probably what happened to John in the book of Revelations. Was he actually physically taken to heaven or did he get into the spirit in the Lord's day and the Lord took his spirit and he had the book of revelations. It was quite possibly a trance. And if you ever want to see this in a modern day experience, because we certainly don't see or talk about it very much. Amy Simple McPherson, if anybody ever followed. Mary Woodworth Edder as well. Mary Woodworth Edder. Sorry. It was Mary Woodworth Edder. This was a phenomenon that followed her ministry. She was someone in our generation. You can go back and read her. It, it literally said when she would preach up to two miles away, people would go into trances and have visions of Jesus. So it's real. It happens. It makes our natural our natural self uncomfortable. But just because we don't like it, you can't rip it out of the Bible. And you might as well study it and learn about it. So we weren't going to go there. We got we 10 minutes, so let's do this. Visions and dreams. So let's tap into dreams very quickly. So a dream is kind of like a vision when you're actually asleep. And we could do a whole teaching on dreams, and I'm sure we'll end here tonight. But dreams, the dream world, the sleep realm is such an important important realm. Uh, Kevin was saying earlier that God wouldn't put so much sleep in our life to waste that time. Can, can I just stay right there? Can you, can you imagine this, that one third of your life is spent sleeping? Can you imagine that God would waste that time? One third of your life. Now you say, Pastor, well, God wants me to rest. Yes, but can we all agree that he, that dreams from heaven would infuse us with direction and purpose and, 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 and answers? And I just don't believe God said, go to sleep and let your brain disconnect in such a way that God couldn't communicate to you for that one third of your life. I believe he can talk to you in your dreams. Sorry. Dreams are supported throughout Scripture, both Old and New Testament. And the book of Acts, chapter 2, lets us know that old men shall dream dreams. And, and dreams are a part of God's communication with us. I believe God loves the dream realm and will speak to us in dreams because he chooses to. Some of us, I believe he has to. <laughs> because until our natural self goes to sleep, he cannot cut through all of the distraction. But sleep is the one time in your life. I, I want to help you understand something. Your spirit never sleeps sleeps. 
You won't sleep in heaven. God never sleeps. It is your natural body that requires sleep. And if you ever uh, take sleep psychology, which I did, or you study sleep, it's phenomenal because your entire system shuts down, goes to sleep, goes to rest. Your body actually releases a chemical that paralyzes you so you don't roll out of your bed and hit yourself. You literally... That thing don't work for me sometimes. it's, It's... The closest to being alive, yet your natural self not being in control. Your subconscious mind stays alive, which is why every dream's not from God. Sometimes it's just your day processing. Most of your dreams will be filled with things that you didn't process while you were awake, and your your mind's just refiling through the night. It's just cleansing itself. But it's also a time God can speak to you, and you can't get in the way. Now, some of you may be able to control your dreams. I've never found the ability to do that. Never been able to control them. And God can come in. And so it's, if you look at the dream world, it's actually about as close as you can get to the spirit realm and eternity on this side of heaven. Why do you say that, Pastor Devin? Because you can fall asleep for 10 minutes and have a dream that takes you an hour to regurgitate. Because you're not limited by time. You're not limited by the natural realm. In my dreams, I can fly. I can look from an aerial view and see things. Crazy stuff happens because your dream world is not limited by the natural realm. In time, in space, and God can download at a supernatural level while you sleep. And so... um, I just think it's important that we recognize not all dreams are from God. Maybe we'll do a class on dreams and dream interpretation. That's not tonight. But that God has the potential every night to speak to you. Every night. And, and we've talked about this in, in the Jewish calendar and the way that the Bible starts in the book of Genesis. The evening and the morning were the first day is what the Bible says. The evening and the morning were the second day, which means Nighttime is actually the beginning of your day, not the end. Mm. And we give the first part of our day to rest and opportunity for God to speak to us. And then we wake up and we live it out. And so John Kilpatrick, he did this whole teaching with his church several years ago, and I actually put it into practice. He said, you know what? We should prepare for God to speak to us at night just like we prepare like getting ready for bed. He actually challenged his church. He said, you know, you put your PJs on, you wash your face, you brush your teeth. We get ready for sleep, but we don't prepare our spirits for sleep. And he said, you know what? Every night when you brush your teeth and you wash your face, why don't you pray prayers like, Father, tonight I surrender my heart, my mind, and my spirit to you. If you want to speak to me, I'm open. I'm open to communicate with you. And and you can try that starting tonight for the whole hundred days. Every night you get ready for bed. Actually prepare your heart to speak to him. And then it's important. Keep a journal by your bed. Keep your phone. Because the dream world, it's like it evaporates. Anybody ever had a dream and it's fresh on your mind and by the end of the day you can't remember the details? Treat it like the word of the Lord. And whether you even know a dream is from God or not, the moment you have it, voice record it. Write it down and then you can pray about it through the day. And the Holy Spirit will let you know, no, that was the pizza you ate before bed. Or he'll begin to unload revelation to you. But the more intentional you make your sleep life and the more available you make it to God, the more he will use that language to speak to you. Yeah, so uh, we're talking about dreams and the Bible is just chock full of dreams. Pharaoh had the dream, uh, seven skinny cows swallowed seven fat cows. 
And nobody knew how to interpret that, but, but Joseph comes along, interprets the dream. You know the story. Egypt is saved. Jacob and his 12 sons go down to Egypt in time of fame. It's all happened because of a dream. Nebuchadnezzar has, has a vision. We'll talk about visions in a minute, but Daniel has a dream. Joseph had a dream when to go leave Egypt and go back. Uh, all throughout the Bible, history is shaped by God intervening in the affairs of men and women and speaking on the palate of our subconscious and in our sleep. And I think this would be a tremendous thing for everybody in this room and everybody watching online to do is tonight before you go to bed, prepare your heart to sleep. This is a practical thing to do. Lord, thank you for the day you've given me. I've worked hard today. I'm tired. I need rest. But speak to my spirit while I'm resting tonight. And I will tell you, Devin and I, we have a thing we do now, and, and this is just because of what's happened historically. If Devin or I ever get a dream, I keep the phone right by the nightstand, and I hit record immediately while the dream is fresh. Remember this. If God reveals it once, he's not obligated to say it twice. Details matter. Every color Every image, everything you can remember about the dream, every voice, every person in the dream, just begin. And, and literally, I, she says, I have a dream. Or I had a dream, and I say, let me get the phone. Bam, record it. We listen to them sometimes years later, uh, months later, and we get understanding about what the Lord said to us through the dream. And it's just another way God can communicate and bypass all the, the mess with our, with our flesh sometimes. I, I totally believe we are in this room tonight because when I was 17 years old, a week from going away to college, I had a divine dream from the Lord. And in that dream, I was in a jungle. It was the most potent dream I've ever had in my life. I remember the vividness of the dream to this day. It was in technicolor. I remember being in a jungle with a sword cutting uh, jungle down and my mom and dad were following me through the jungle then I cut some more jungle down I turn around my Sunday school teacher and people that I knew I was 17 I thought why are these people following me I kept cutting it down and finally I just kept happening until I looked back and there were thousands of people there and I was like what am I going to do they're following me through this jungle all of a sudden a snake falls down in this in this dream and I'm like whoa a snake not cool and and it's to this day, I remember the eyes of that snake looking into my eyes and feeling what I felt like was the tongue of that snake on the tip of my nose in the dream. And it paralyzed me until I remember I had a sword. And I cut the head of the sword, the snake off with the sword. And literally in the dream, it was like slow motion watching the head of the snake fall to the ground. When it hit the ground, heaven opened in the dream and water started raining so hard that it filled up over my body and I woke up with the rain of God literally flooding over my head. I, la I laid literally what I felt like was paralyzed. My body was shaking for hours, wailing in the spirit. My mom was freaking out. And when I finally came to and not praying in the spirit anymore, I asked the Lord, what is that dream? And the Lord said to me, you're going to pastor a church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and you're going to cut it through jungle, and you're going to cut the head of a snake off, and it's going to rain. And that's all God said to me. I was 17, and all of that stuff that happened started lining up for the fulfillment of it. I wouldn't be here. I honestly believe we wouldn't be here had God not given me that direction some time ago. 17, so I'm 42, so... 22 years ago, and I remember like it was last night, 
we wouldn't have made the hardest decision in our life of leaving the denomination that we love very much had God not spoken to us in confirmation through a dream. It's just a reality of it. And you say, Pastor, that's not, you know, that's not bulletproof. You shouldn't trust your dreams. I trust God, and I believe God can speak in a number of different ways. And if you've limited him to speaking through one way in his kindness, I think he'll try to speak to you in that way. But if you, if you open your heart to him, he'll speak to you in many ways. Amen. I think we end with dreams. I think what I'm feeling in my heart we could do in this moment, there's, there's still other languages of God. We'll, we'll, we'll do start this with next Wednesday. How many will bless tonight and how many want to come back yeah. next Wednesday? How many will hijack somebody and bring them hostage <laughs> next Wednesday night? Come on, they need this. But Amen. let's do this. If you'll stand with me all over the room, I do just feel uh, the Holy Spirit on this um, little addition to these 100 days of preparation. I just say, let's start giving our night times to the Lord. Maybe you already do that, but I just feel in my spirit, the Lord is wanting to release some dreams to some of you, anyone who's willing. I believe he wants to release dreams that speak personally, and I believe there's a lot of things the Lord wants to speak to our nation and to our church and our city, and it just might be you he speaks through. You never know when God is going to use you as a messenger. So good. And, um, and I just want to, if, if you're willing to pray a prayer about your sleep and your dream life, would you just raise your hands all over this place? Mm. And right now, Father, we just lift our hands and surrender all over this place. Yeah. Because, Father, we are your sheep, and we hear your we voice. We hear you, Lord. And I pray right now for a confidence over every person under the sound of my voice that we can hear you and you do want to talk to us. And Lord, I just pray your voice would come alive in all of our lives. Lord, that you would awaken that, that you would help us tap into that and not be limited to a natural realm. But Lord, let our spirits awaken. Let our spirits wake up and begin to communicate with you. And Lord, there are so many ways you speak. We thank you for your still, small voice. We thank you for how you can talk to us through prophetic words. But right now, Lord, I just want to pray about dreams and visions over everyone listening right now. And Lord, I pray you would unlock this language to your people, to us. I pray it over my own heart. I thank you for the dreams you've given me, but Father, I am willing and ready and excited to hear you even more as I rest. And I think it's phenomenal, Lord, that you've spoken some of the most incredible things to me while I rested. And so I pray over every person in this room right now that's watching us, I pray a sanctifying over our sleep, even tonight. Father, we just pray that the Holy Spirit would come and, and overshadow us in our sleep. And right now, we shut the door to every demonic assignment of torment, restlessness. I feel this in my spirit. Some of you are, are struggling in your sleep because the enemy is trying to prevent you from hearing God. He is literally trying to keep you from going into a depth of sleep that you can dream because God wants to speak to you. And so right now we rebuke and bind restless spirits. 
We rebuke and bind oh. every spirit that would invade our Jesus. rest. You are the God of Israel. You do not slumber or sleep. And your word says you give your beloved sweet rest. So now we rebuke the sleep thief. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, I come against nightmares and torment nightmares. that has been released over some of your sons and daughters. In the name of Jesus, we arrest those wicked assignments of darkness. And we plead the blood of Jesus over our mind as we sleep. We put a hedge around our spirit. We ask for angel armies to guard our spirit. And the enemy will not penetrate our sleep life. Oh God, oh God. We declare it is holy and it is sanctified. Yes. And we will lie down and rest and sleep because we know you watch over us. And, Father, I just release a season of peaceful rest over your people. I release a season of multiplied rest, God, for those of us who can't get eight hours in a night. Lord, let four double to eight. Lord, when we go to sleep, let us fall into a deep realm of sleep. That rest rejuvenates us and opens our spirit to hear from you. Yeah. And, Father, as we rest, speak. Yeah. And I pray, Father, that as we prepare for natural sleep, that we would prepare for supernatural interaction with you. Yeah. And that the gift of dreams would be unlocked yeah, over yeah, your yeah, people yeah, yeah, this yeah. night in the name of Jesus. Begin to speak to us in our sleep. Yeah, and I really feel like as Devin was praying into that, that is the reason some of you are being attacked in your rest. It's because rest is the prerequisite for having the dream of the Lord. You cannot dream without going to sleep, which is why some of you are fighting even getting to sleep or staying asleep. If that's you, just lift your hand. I want to pray specifically for you. If you're fighting going to sleep or fighting staying asleep, I want you to see if there's someone near you with their hand up, and I just want you to reach over. I want to pray this. This And Devin is just, uh, just praying into this, and we just want to agree. Lord... According to your word, you give your beloved sleep. And I just declare right now that anyone in this room that has lifted their hand indicating that they're having struggles falling asleep or staying asleep, that the restlessness, the anxiety, I break that in the name of Jesus. And by faith, I release right now, God, just uh, a grace for rest on our people. Somebody's watching online right now. Somebody's in Athens right now. And you are tormented with insomnia. And it is because the dream of the Lord is coming to your life. And the enemy has been fighting. You're falling to sleep and staying asleep. But in the name of Jesus, I just declare over you right now that that assignment of insomnia is broken. And that in anxiety, somebody in this room is just being liberated from anxiety. It's like pressure on your chest when you lay down to rest. And it just, it's like a bakoshe. It's like a weight on you. And I command it off you right now. I break it in the name of Jesus. And I speak to your rest tonight. And I declare that the God of Israel stays up so that you can lie down in perfect peace. You're going to lie down in perfect peace tonight. Come on, just 30 more seconds. Father, we thank you for letting us lie down in rest and peace tonight. I pray for the peace of God, and I thank you that it comes from peace with God. And I thank you that it will not be penetrated by fiery darts, but the angels of the Lord are watching over your people tonight. And I ask you, God, to take them into deep rest, therapeutic recovery of rest so that when they rise in the morning, they not only rise with physical strength, but spiritual refreshing. Hey, in the name of Jesus. And we pray it in Jesus' name. 
And we thank you for it now, God. We thank you for it now, God. If you receive that, just raise your hands all over the place. Hallelujah. So, Father, as we lift our hands, we're going to commit to a nighttime routine of preparing our spirit. Yeah. A night. Some of you just need to listen to your word. Some of you need to pray in the spirit before you go to bed. Some of you need to anoint your room just like you prepare your body for sleep. Prepare your spirit. And, Father, we receive the gift of dreams. Let RTTN come alive with the dreams of the spirit, Lord. Let your people come alive with dreams of the spirit. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. And I want to say this before we go tonight. Listen, listen to your, I, I say this just in the sweetest spirit. Listen to your pastor very carefully. You don't have to fight for this. It's just the goodness of God. If he never shows you a dream, he loves you more than you'll ever know. And if he never shows you an open vision, you're his child and the devil can never pluck you out of his hand. So I just want you to rest in him. And I want you to don't strive and, you know, don't lay down and say, I'm going to dream, I'm going to dream, I'm going to dream. Because most of the time when I do that, I don't dream. You know what I'm going to do tonight? I'm going to lay down and be thankful. I'm going to look at all that he's done for us, all that he's blessed us with, all your good, all your sweet, all that, just take an inventory And just smile and say, thank you, God, for your goodness. And go to bed praying in the Holy Ghost, and let's see what happens. But don't, but this is not pressure. I don't want you to come to Sunday, oh, Lord, I didn't have a dream. It's okay. It's going to happen. I love you. Anything else, baby? Peace.